Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the Bauer and Rose podcast. If this is your first listen, thank you for joining us. Tell your friends, your foes, and your family if they're different. Uh, we can be caught right here at justthenews.com. Listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure and leave us a five-star rating. Uh, we're also thrilled to be back as part of the SiriusXM Patriot family. You can catch us Sunday mornings on Channel 125. Gary, uh, a happy uh, Tuesday to you. How are you? Uh, good. Um, I was just thinking about the people that are hearing this for the first time. Shame on you. Where have you been? <laughs> You've missed weeks of incredible commentary and uh, and Tom hacking away with his sinitis or whatever it is that he's afflicted with at this time of year. Hey, Tom, I, you know, uh, big week here in Washington. They're having, I wonder how many of our listeners have ever been to the White House. It's a pretty neat thing to go to the White House. Now, we know a lot of people that have gone to the White House. You and I have been there. Many, many times. You worked there. I worked there back in the Reagan years. Uh, we were both, I was over there a lot during the, the Trump years. Uh, sometimes tourists get to go in. But there's this week a gathering of thousands at the White House, uh, all to celebrate the passage of a law that got through the Congress a week or so ago, uh, misnamed the Defense of uh, or Respect Marriage Act. It should be called it, the Respect for Gay Marriage Act, which is what it yeah. was. And I would argue uh, against who? I mean, the, talk about phantom, uh, phantom foes. And well, I, I would actually say it should be called the uh, Disrespect a Religious Liberty Act, because as I'm sure our very intelligent and well-read um, listeners know same-sex marriage has already been authorized i think wrongly by the supreme court i mean the, the definition of marriage has for our entire history up until that supreme court decision been decided by the states but in a five to four decision the the supreme court knocked down several thousand years of of a western civilization and the the state marriage laws of every state in the union and replaced it with this idea of same-sex marriage. So th this bill, which was heralded as a bill that would guarantee same-sex marriage, it did no such thing because that's already been determined by the Supreme Court. What this bill does, this law does, that's being celebrated at the White House or was celebrated this week at the White House, is put a target, a bullseye, on the back of any man or woman of faith that does not want, because of their faith, to participate in a same-sex ceremony. By the way, this, this wasn't good enough for the left. They're very upset that there are even these, these um, 
phantom toothless so-called protections for religious exemptions. That's not good enough for them. I remember, and we're going to get back to your drag queen, um, the, the uh, <clears throat> drag queen event at the White House that you weren't invited to, and you're obviously very sore about that. But during the debate over this argument, what was it, 10 years ago, when was Obergefell in uh, 20, whenever it was, we asked the question, many of us asked the question at the time and were uh, accused of uh, uh, being conspiracy theorists or, or, or uh, danger mongers, threat mongers, that if the courts rule that same-sex marriage is a civil right, that people like you and me uh, who believe children need moms and dads and benefit from moms and dads will be treated like bigots and racists and homophobes, creating, ironically, even greater discrimination than existed from before. That was a prediction for the future back then, but now, as revealed in the, uh, uh, what's it called again? Respect for Marriage Act. Um, anyone who opposes gay marriage is ipso facto a hater and a homophobe. That, that's exactly right, Tom. And the other thing to, that the folks like us predicted was this, uh, when the Supreme Court made its decision a, a decade or so ago, that inevitably this would be a battering ram used to knock the schoolhouse door down so that the LGBTQ plus agenda could be um, made, could make its way into the classroom. And people said that that was alarmist, but that's exactly what's happened. It, it's not only happened it's happening all the way down to the first and second grade. Our very informed listeners will recall that not that many months ago, there was a huge controversy in uh, in Florida because the state passed a law, which the media called uh, don't say gay law, which it was no such thing. It said that what the law said was don't talk to first, second and third graders about sexual matters only suitable for their parents to talk to them about. And that included whether it was heterosexual, homosexual, or any of the other 52 genders that we keep being told exist. So everything we said is indeed happening. And now this whole battle over LGBTQ rights is going on in elementary schools and all the rest of it. But at this event at the White House, Tom, the thing that jumped out at me well, explain what the event is. We well, it's a big it's a big celebration of the passage of this law in Congress that uh, further restricts religious liberty. And, and according, I haven't seen the final count. I mean, the the event is taking place as we we talk. Uh, it'll be over by the time most people see this. You're just but you're the, just sore that you get didn't get invited. Oh my goodness! I, I well, I I would love to have been invited because then I could have disrupted the event, been <laughs> dragged out, and spent the day in the good old Washington D.C. prisons, where there's a lot of the LBGTQ activity going on. By the way, uh, the thing that really jumped out at me today was that uh, there there are a lot of drag queens that have been invited to this event um, and, and are going to be there. And for the uninitiated, drag queens are men who dress as women. Oh, please. We know what drag queens are, Bauer. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking there might be some uninitiated out there. But it goes even further than that, Tom. They dress like um, flamboyant women. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They, Promiscuous, they dress like a, to, slutty, yeah, to right, me, exactly. Yeah. 
to me, they look like the, the, the sexual equivalent of somebody that goes around in blackface. If you go, if you and I go around in blackface, which you and I have never done and would never do, people say that that's racist because you're taking on the persona of a, of a, a man or woman of color and you shouldn't do that. That's like a way of mocking them. Well, these drag queens, these men take on the persona of women. No, worse than they, that, promiscuous, slutty women. Yes. Hookers, yes, prostitutes. Exactly. Exactly. So in any previous period in American history, a president that knowingly had drag queens invited to the White House, that would be a huge controversy. That would be a real – people would go, what is wrong with that guy? I mean, are you serious? Most Americans, that's the people's house for crying out loud. Why would they have drag queens at the White House? But no, no, no. The controversy today, and it's only a controversy on Fox News and a few other places, is not that there's going to be a bunch of drag queens at the White House, but that two of the drag queens, one of them likes doing his drag queen performance in front of, drum roll, little children. He thinks twerking like he's a promiscuous woman in front of seven, eight-year-olds is a really good idea. He's been invited by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to the White House. You know, Joe Biden, the guy that we are constantly assured is an old line Democrat. One of those guys. Lunch, in lunch bucket America. Joe from Scranton, PA. Right, exactly. The other drag queen that is causing controversy is a guy that regularly goes on social media and puts down I, – I can't say the word. I'll just uh, tell you basically enough so you'll know what it is. F the police. So it's not that drag queens are at the White House. It's a guy that likes performing sexually in front of little kids and a guy that hates the cops. It's those kinds of drag queens that have been invited to the White House that's supposed <clears throat> to be considered controversial. But the other kind, the other drag queens are just, you know, I guess they're middle American drag queens and they're OK. Well, yesterday, I, I hate to break from uh, drag queens, but yesterday, Twitter files, uh, the um, fifth dump came out. And I think what we're facing here. Uh, is far more than even conservative media has demonstrated. Of course, liberal media, big media, corporate media hasn't covered this story at all. Uh, Biden, uh, together with his his accolades, is now threatening anyone who dares to investigate Biden corruption, threatening civil litigation. Um, Mark Levin had a good line last night. It's a good thing that, at least in this country... Uh, if you are faced with civil litigation, that opens up the opportunity to discovery, allowing those who are sued, in fact, to uh, call for depositions under oath. Now, the, I think the big scandal on this Twitter thing, which Biden and uh, the Democrat establishment are working furiously to uh, cover up, uh, is the bigger scandal, which is that the FBI... Uh, not only colluded with big tech, but lied to them. It's not that the FBI pushed and pressured Twitter and Facebook to kill the Hunter Biden laptop story. And I don't even like the name Hunter Biden laptop story because that's not what this is about. It's about Joe Biden's corruption. It isn't about Hunter Biden's drug addiction or his sick, disgusting sexual acts that he videotapes. Uh, it's about his actions on behalf of his father, who's now president of the United States, it did so, the FBI, by lying to them. That's how it got them to cooperate, not that they needed much pressure to cooperate. Um, 
And here we've got this almost cafeteria-like line of corruption scandals with Twitter, the FBI, and big tech. It's like you can walk down the line um, and pick from among the kinds of scandals. First, we've got Twitter coordinating censorship decisions with leaders of the Democratic Party and our federal bureaucracy. Then you've got the story of them censoring scientists discussing COVID scientists, by the way, Gary, who happen to know a little bit more about epidemiology and disease than do the 27-year-old uh, interns at Twitter, including banning folks from running for office, including the president of the United States, not banning them from running office, banning them from, from uh, having a, 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 a voice on the platform. I mean, all based on a pretext. This is, uh, I think this is very, very serious when you have... Uh, the federal government and the power of law enforcement agencies colluding together with some of our biggest, most profitable uh, corporate entities to crush any kind of dissent. Uh, I mean, this is um, this is dangerous yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it is dangerous stuff. A uh, couple of thoughts, Tom. Um, one of the things I keep hearing people say on um, in interviews and so forth, I mean, people that broadly speaking, are supposed to be on our side. They'll preface their remarks about Twitter by saying, uh, now, of course, Twitter's a private company and private companies can do whatever they want. Really? I, I mean, private companies can do whatever they want. That will come as quite a surprise to private companies <laughs> because I'm, the, the federal government tells private companies who they can hire in what percentages, tells them how much, how big their carbon blue, uh, footprint can be. But private companies are regulated to death. That's been one of the huge talking points of the Republican conservative movement. But I keep hearing these people, mostly on Fox News, which is what I watch, who feel compelled every time they start talking about this to say, now, first of all, I just want to make it clear. Twitter is a private company. can do whatever they want. No, they can't. There is no such private company in America that can do whatever they want if it offends the sensibilities of the left. I don't know why conservatives feel we ought to say of Twitter they can do whatever they want. That's one point. The second point, of course, is that when Twitter is doing what the federal government is not allowed constitutionally to do, then Twitter has entered into an area where they are being used as an arm of the federal government. And serious constitutional issues are raised. Two other quick observations. I thought it was ironic that one of the dissenters on the Twitter staff was a woman from China. She had been born in China. <laughs> That's all we know about her. And she said in a conversation with her colleagues, you know, having been from China, having lived in China, I know what censorship, how censorship can harm the possibilities of a good conversation, <laughs> which is kind of an understatement, right? And they quickly, you know, just knocked down her concerns. Now, apparently this lady didn't realize she's actually working with a bunch of commies at Twitter. Maybe they don't even realize it, but the attitude, the mindset is a, um, a, a, a communist mindset. One other thought on this, Tom, um, as they were trying to figure out a way to take down Donald Trump and, and they felt like to do that, they had to link him to violence. And a couple of the Twitter, I'd say, well, you know, he keeps using this word patriot. He keeps referring. So, you know, that could be saying patriots ought to, you know, 
you know, join together. That that could be using that word patriot. That could be a signal for violence. And I've heard again some commentators say, where would they get an idea like that? They're talking about patriots would be uh, a signal for violence. Well, they would get that idea from the FBI, Tom, who just six, seven months ago made a public statement about what there or maybe somebody leaked it from the FBI of what FBI agents and others in Homeland Security are supposed to be looking for online as markers of uh, right wing domestic extremism. Uh, you know, people displaying things like the don't tread on me sign. Right. Uh, that was one. And the other one was groups that have the word patriot in their title. So I suspect the lefties at Twitter were told by the lefties at the FBI that one of the things you need to keep an eye out on Twitter for are people talking about patriots. Tom, I still remember the America where drag queens didn't go to the White House and we wanted as many patriots as possible. (laughs) But I guess I missed the meeting where all that was thrown overboard. Well, we're going to we'll discuss that when we come back. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose podcast on justthenews.com and Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Rose and Bauer. Bauer and Rose. Uh, our show. I saw the little thing you did there. Tom. Well, our show uh, is our show sort of is titled. Aggressive. Our show is titled um, in reverse order of importance. Here, Bauer comes first. <laughs> I would say it's alphabetic, it's alphabetical, but uh, it isn't. It's reverse. It is. We. Gary has a very, very fragile ego, and we do everything we can here at the Rosenbauer Show to um, – <laughs> I got – now, you're going to accuse me – well, maybe you won't, but others will – of being a conspiracy theorist. But yesterday at the 11th hour, just 12 hours before our new best friend Sam Bankman-Fried was scheduled to testify before Congress, suddenly he's issued with an eight-count indictment in the Bahamas by the Justice Department, a quick recap of what this – this this kid did, and here's my conspiracy theory. Uh, Merrick Garland and the DOJ and the FBI uh, shut this guy up 12 hours before he might start talking to uh, the U.S. Congress. Here's just a quick recap of what this kid did. He established a crypto exchange. I don't know what that is, but I'll pretend that I do. That parked investors' money from their own for their own accounts. Let's say you and I open up a, an account at Schwab. It's, it's our money, it's our account. We decide which of their investments we want to invest in, and the, and the company agrees that it's our money and they don't use it for any purposes other than we direct them. Now, the, their exchange, their terms of service on that exchange clearly said that, promised it wouldn't lend consumer, uh, customers money uh, for other purposes. Yet, it raised about $14 billion, $14 billion from some of the you know real white-shoe uh, investment houses, private equity funds in the country. That's a whole nother issue is how they could be sucked into this. But um, 
what he's accused of doing is illegally lending about half of that $14 billion to his own private uh, trading firm, Alameda Research, which traded for its own account. So in other words, stealing that money, using it for purposes that the investors didn't agree to, and in turn, they, uh, as collateral, the, the exchange took tokens from Alameda Research that were literally created smack right out of thin air. Um, and then a fatal run on the exchange exposed this huge hole in its balance sheet, $4 billion missing, mysteriously flowed out of its accounts. Huge, huge Democrat donor, huge, huge Democrat a poster boy for the 21st century digital economy, all that kind of stuff. Uh, pals around with Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, all the, you know, all the great leftists. Uh, this thing is exposed. Uh, investors lose billions. Twelve hours before he is uh, summoned to testify before Congress, he's indicted, arrested by the FBI and the DOJ in the Bahamas. Lo and behold, he now can't speak. Yeah, and, and Tom, you're not a conspiracy theorist at all. Uh, I, I mean, I that's the first thing I thought when when I saw the story break last night at around I think it was around six, seven o'clock last night. Um, I, I mean, for weeks people have been saying, "Why is this guy able to run all over the place doing interviews and putting the best spin possible on uh, on who he is and so forth?" I mean. Shouldn't shouldn't he somebody arrest him or whatever? So then we get to the point where he's going to be under oath today. And there is absolutely no question that Republicans, uh, they, they probably would have asked him about the, the scheme he had. But a lot of the Republicans were going to ask very specific questions with him under oath about where his millions went. It, it appears that he and his parents gave incredible amounts of money to the Democrat Party, not just this election cycle, but several cycles, including funding several groups that may have registered over the years, over recent years, as many as three to four million new voters, uh, which in a d- deeply divided America. Um, in it, excess, it, I just want to throw the number out, in excess of $150 million. Yep, absolutely. Second biggest uh, donor to the Democrat Party after or to left wing causes after George Soros. You, you know, Tom, before this guy hit the um, uh, the meat grinder, um, he was being promoted on CNBC all the time. This was the future. Crypt, you know, cryptocurrency is the future. Maybe it's, it's going to be it the still future. Is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but this guy was the future. And, you know, uh, uh, a couple of the commentators were comparing him to J.P. Morgan, uh, <laughs> the J.P. Morgan of his era. I, I think he's probably the Bernie Madoff of his era. Uh, and, you know, it shows how times changed. You know, Bernie just did a good old Ponzi scheme using regular U.S. dollars. This guy's Ponzi scheme used cryptocurrency. So it was layer over layer over layer of, um, you know, fraud and all the rest of it. It just goes to show, Tom, the technology, you know, the, the blockchain technology is supposed to be incredible. It's supposed to have all kinds of, uh, of possibilities. Uh, but it's also a reminder that technology in and of itself tends to be morally neutral, whether it's used for moral purposes or immoral purposes, depends on who's using it. And blockchain technology, when it's used by the communist Chinese, for example, is very effective in in tracing 
every minute of every day of the person using the currency, quote unquote, that is a computer generated currency. So that's the downside of it. Or you get a guy like uh, this guy. It, it made, uh, you know, when you have a currency or. <laughs> well, this was just been- flat out pure, unadulterated fraud. That's all right. this was. This was yep. taking money from one exchange illegally, illicitly putting in, it into my private investment fund and then issuing fake phony collateral conjured out of thin air back to the investment fund. Um, that's just well, pure. It's just pure fraud is all this. Well, in, in that sense, though, it sounds just like the U.S. Treasury. Right. <laughs> I mean, when when when, when we spend a trillion dollars we don't have or when uh, we we create a trillion dollars and use the trillion dollars to buy a trillion dollars worth of American debt. So the American government creates money to buy the debt of the American government. A type of robbery, a type of thievery is taking place because everybody whose wealth is located in dollars in the bank or in other places, that money's worth less because the government is deflating its value, right? Which is why people sought a source of funds other than what's called fiat currency, currency printed by government. And they come up with currency printed by, you know, entrepreneurs living in a, uh, you know, in a A commune orgy house or whatever in the Bahamas with a bunch of 25-year-olds. How does this play out? Is media going to cover this? I mean, are they going to? Well, that's a stupid question. They won't. I think they they have to cover it, but I, I think they'll cover the fraud part of it. Uh, not the political influence mm-hmm. part of it or why he was such a, um, a well-thought-of person here in Washington, D.C. Uh, by the way, Tom, there, there was a, um, a very big piece of property on Capitol Hill sold sometime in the last year, and it was bought by two young men. I, I had somebody uh, that knows about this tell me about it. And uh, the the property was up for I think three point eight million, and they paid cash for it. And uh, the, somebody asked them, uh, "Hey, you guys look like you're in your mid twenties or something. I mean, how, how can you pay um, how can you pay three point five three point eight million dollars, whatever it is?" And the one guy goes, "Well, uh, we, we're uh, part of a new group that's working on how to stop the next pandemic." And we've been uh, funded by some uh, very uh, well-off people. Well, that was one of this guy's big things. He was spending money to stop the next pandemic. So I suspect that this piece of property is part of uh, the asset base that will end up uh, coming out in, in, in court. But, Tom, this gets back to something that we may have talked about before. You, you know, it is, it's become conventional wisdom that if you want to commit fraud, the best way you can commit fraud and get away with it is to have this camouflage, this protection that you dress in, that you wear. What is that protection? It is to show you are all in on every leftist cause. If you're always talking about social conscience investing, if you're talking about how you're doing everything you can to stop the earth from catching on fire, you are committed to social justice. You are doing whatever you can to redistribute wealth. 
this guy's enterprise had not been audited by the IRS once. I know somebody the other day that got a letter from the IRS because a $625 deduction he took uh, didn't have sufficient backup. So the IRS had time for this guy. But nobody at the IRS had got around going, wow, this guy went from zero to hundreds of millions. That Maybe we got to take a look at the books. He had no board of directors. There was no audit, no private audit done of the enterprise because he was wearing what some refer to as a full body condom by you know protecting himself with all these politically correct causes. Or to use a, a, a medieval analogy that is somewhat fair to the Catholic Church, the modern equivalent of the purchase of indulgences, right? This is what... This is what created the Protestant movement. This is what launched Martin Luther when Johannes Tetzler starts selling these indulgences in the early 1500s across Germany. Give us your money. We'll, we'll save you from purgatory. We'll absolve you of all your sins. Just wrap us in your... I mean, even Erasmus, you know, great Catholic theologians and supporters of the day found this to be outrageous. And this launched, you know, the Protestant movement. It's, it's a similar type thing where if you embrace an ideology or if you em, 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 embrace a particular tactic that supports an ideology, you can do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's exactly right, Tom. Well, uh, so much, right? I mean, we got to make, we got to take this show to, you know, two, three, four hours a day. I got I one for you. You do? I do. And this okay. is not a joke. I, I, I hesitate to ask. This is not a, this is not a joke. This is in yesterday's, you probably didn't see it because you, unlike me, don't have the uh, pathological uh, clinical problem of, of reading the New York Times. New York Times yesterday, John Fetterman the best-dressed public figure of 2022. I, I saw that. Now, uh, leave it to Tucker Carlson. Uh, oh, did he up. bring that up last night? Well, he, he had an interesting angle on it. Now, obviously, Fetterman is not anybody's... He dresses like a hobo, right. like a bum, like a skid row... He dresses like a fifth, like I used to get in fights with my teenage kids that you don't dress like that. You can't dress like that to school. This is yep. a grown man who dresses like a bum, like an absolute homeless bum. Well, at the risk of losing everybody that's listening to the show, Tucker said, this is the left's war on aesthetics. I mean, they, in addition to everything else they're against, they're against everything normal, everything usual, all the old things they're against. They're, they're against classical architecture. They're against coats and ties. They're against any kind of norm. And he's a walking example of how not to dress. So obviously he makes the best dress list because the point here is there are no standards. Now, Tom, it's a little bit of a stretch. I'll apologize ahead of time for it. But, but nonetheless, it, it's sort of related. Just this week, a court ruled that the city of Philadelphia, who had boxed up a statue of Columbus, saying that um, the very sight of Columbus was so offensive that the city of Philadelphia could not take the chance of somebody being deeply harmed by seeing this classical statuary of Christopher Columbus. These are the same people that 
elected Fetterman as, you know, as a U.S. senator. But even more importantly, I put in my end of day report I do uh, yesterday a, a, a picture of that statue of Columbus and said the left thought you shouldn't be able to see this. Well, they want you to see this. And then I had the picture of that assistant secretary for nuclear waste, the guy that goes to work in a dress when wearing lipstick and just had to be fired because he's been stealing women's luggage at airports. <laughs> this is an appointee. He's not, of- he's not making this up. I mean, Bauer has a, has a fetid imagination, but even he's unable to. This is true, you know, folks. This, this is this actually is a, the truth. This is a high-level appointee in, in the Biden Senate confirmed. Yes, yeah, I want to go back and review the senators that voted for that because the most cursory examination of his online presence would have showed that this guy is there. You know, he needs help, Tom. He, well, he needs assistance. Whether he's going to get it is another uh, is another act entirely. Here we've got, <clears throat> and we can't let a podcast go without uh, uh, trashing Mitch McConnell. Uh, the threat of a government shutdown. Hey, Mitch, Mitch, if you're listening, that's Rose. <laughs> I, I do my best to restrain you, but it's Rose. Uh, so Gary Bauer, of course, a big Mitch McConnell uh, fan, endorser. Well, from, supp- I'm know, kidding. I'm home kidding. State. I know, I know, I know. Um, then again, Pete Buttigieg is from my home state. Does that mean I go out and do Anyway, uh, back to this. Now we've got the same charade with the government shutdown. Uh, Republicans are being bullied into uh, approving this this appropriation measure to avoid, quote unquote, a government shutdown. Mark Levin made this point last night. Um, Do a lot of government workers work over Christmas? Uh, What you know, what is the threat that they're using against us? Why do we fall for this each and every time? The government is closed from 6 p.m. to 9 a.m. every evening. It's closed every weekend. It's closed on Christmas. How many bureaucrats haven't even come back to the office since COVID? I mean, what is the rate of, of, of uh, government, quote-unquote, productivity, however that's measured, God only knows, and yet we fall for it every time. Mitch McConnell yesterday, there won't be a shutdown. There won't be a shut. Why do we do this? Uh, Tom, it's uh, we've been doing this dance, uh, and it's a it's an ugly dance for a couple of decades. Well, we don't know how to dance. Yeah, well, that's that's true. I mean, look, we had there were government shutdowns in the Reagan years that worked. We we shut it down, and uh, and we got concessions uh, that that we needed to get uh, on on uh, runaway spending. The, some Republican leaders seem to think that a really great strategy is to promise you're going to shut the government down uh, in order to get the savings of the American taxpayer. But knowing that when they're saying it, they're going to end up caving. <laughs> you're now, right. That, that, that's of all the right. strategies right. you want right. to have, it, that's probably uh, – Well, how come I never get to play poker with these guys? I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, everybody does play poker with us, and they always win. I mean, with with uh, conservatives, and they they always win. I, you know, I've I've seen some really great speeches by people I respect in Congress about how they were going to be tough on this issue. And I asked one of the senators some years ago, uh, "Okay, well, when the Post starts writing its editorials and Morning Joe starts talking about how you're not going to be able to visit museums during the shutdown and the national parks will you know, not be able to serve you hot dogs when you're driving through Yellowstone or whatever, <laughs> what's going to be your strategy to keep the, you know, the, the weak-kneed Republicans like Mitt Romney from uh, heading for the exits? 
And nobody's been able to tell me the answer to that question. Well, if they don't have an answer to that question, then don't even threaten the government. Exactly right. Exactly right. As as, uh, my former governor, Mitch Daniels, once uh, famously said, one of his great, brilliant lines, you'd be amazed at how much government people won't miss if it isn't Mm. there. Yeah, that's anyway, a great line. Anyway, we are out of time. Have a terrific uh, couple of days. We'll catch you uh, later on in the week. Any final parting salvos there, Mr. Bauer? No. Uh, you know, in spite of all the foolishness around, uh, love America, love God, love your family, and uh, just get up every morning trying to make the place, the world a better place to live in. Have a, have a great couple of days. We'll talk to you soon. Bauer and Rose signing off. Sayonara. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.